Happy Mother's Day. You're listening to Equipped, the preaching ministry of First Baptist Dry Prong in Dry Prong, Louisiana. Today we take a break from our Colossians series to celebrate our mothers. This message is entitled, Hannah, Great Was Her Faithfulness, from 1 Samuel chapter 1. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. This far. I ask you this morning to turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel in the New Testament. It's hard to believe it's Mother's Day once again. You know, uh, as a minister, but really not even as a minister, as a Christian, Mother's Day is uh, a challenging day for many. There are some in here that is, are rejoicing greatly. You've still got your mom, you've still got your grandmother. Maybe you're here today and you're a first-time mom and you've got all the reason in the world to rejoice. There's some in this place today, I'm just sure of it, you're here and you would be a mother or you have been a mother and your child has went on to be with Jesus. It's a hard day for you. There's some in here like April who's experiencing the first day without their mother. There may be somebody in here like me and Carissa once was who desperately yearned for parenthood, desperately yearned to be a mom. And, you know, Mother's Day comes and you got to wrestle with the decision. Do we even want to come to church? Because it just seems like we're always going to be asked the question, well, it's your turn. And you understand where it's coming from, but it's a very bittersweet day for many. We also have a lot of guests every Mother's Day churches. This is the third highest attended Sunday. Most every Protestant pastor says that there's there's Easter, Christmas and Mother's Day. So for that reason, I, I decided to break from Colossians and and look at what the Bible says. There's a temptation to just avoid Mother's Day altogether. And I get that because, listen, mothers aren't worthy of our worship. Only Christ is. But mothers are worthy of our appreciation. And we live in a society today that is just so, so far against the idea of biblical womanhood in general. So far against the idea of biblical motherhood in general. I really wouldn't be surprised if I didn't see in my lifetime the the day was changed to birthing people day. The world just doesn't like the idea of Christian mothers and Christian womanhood. So navigating all that together, I think it's a good thing that we celebrate our moms, that we honor our moms, and we do it in a godlike fashion. Because all through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, we read about godly, godly women and godly men who made a big, big kingdom impact. Now, of all the, all the stories I considered and I prayed about over the last couple of weeks, knowing this occasion was coming today, my mind just kept going to the example of Hannah in 1 Samuel. There's two books named after the prophet Samuel. And Samuel's mother was Hannah. And I entitled this message, Hannah, Great Was Her Faithfulness. What you're going to read today, what we're going to look at today, is how Hannah dealt with all the things that we're dealing with. Hannah wasn't always a mother. Hannah dealt with hardships in her life, uh, but she was faithful through it all. So I want to read through some of Hannah's story. It's all found in 1 Samuel chapter 1. In the first few verses, we read about a man named Elkanah. And Elkanah, Old Testament times, he actually had two wives. One's name was Hannah. The other's name was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, 
But Hannah had no children. She was barren. And Elkanah, he was a good man and he loved them both. And I'm going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It said, This man, Elkanah, went up from his city yearly, sorry, verse 3, 1 Samuel 1, verse 3, yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why don't you eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in shallow. Now either the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Stop there for just a minute, because right now, thus far, we've not read about two moms. We've just read about one mother. We're only reading so far about one lady that had children, and her name's Panina, and she's not a godly mother. And I want you to take this first truth and realize this this morning, that not all mothers are godly. So many times on Mother's Day, and, and we even have like a, a, a your mama type joke. You don't talk bad about anybody's mama. But the truth of the matter is, church, that not all mothers are godly mothers. Panina was a mother that went to the tabernacle to sacrifice. She had all the, the looks of somebody being godly, but she was not godly. And I just say that to say this this morning. If you have a godly mother setting an example for you, well, then you need to thank God for her this morning. Because they are few and far between in 2023. If you have a godly mama that's bringing you to church, a godly mama that's praying for you, a godly mama that's having compassion on others, a godly mama that's walking the walk and not just talking the talk, then man, you have got something more valuable than anybody else in the world has. It's something rare and you should be thankful for it. Because many, many children do not have a mother at all. And many children... Don't have a godly mother. Panina was such a lady. She was a bully. She was mean. She made someone close to her miserable. Panina had made the, the house of God, which should be a house of worship. She had made it a house of torment for this young lady, Hannah. Verse 6 says that she provoked her and made, provoked her severely to make her miserable. What language? And in verse 7, we see that, that Panina was the reason for Hannah's depression. And I just want to tell you, church, men and women, teenager, senior citizen alike, the blessings you have do not give you the right to torment others. Panina's problem is that she was lacking compassion. Unfortunately, this is a Christ-like virtue that many Christians are missing today. When we go read about Jesus, we see that He looked at the multitudes and He had compassion. And we should as well. Compassion means looking at someone that's having a hard time and not being their rival, but their advocate. As Christians, we shouldn't rub our victories and our blessings in someone else's faces that are having a hard time. And I hope today, single ladies and ladies that don't have children, I hope you know that today is not about rubbing our blessings in your faces. 
It's a, it's a, a day about giving thanksgiving. See, Paul said we're to rejoice with those who rejoice. And we did that today, but we're also to weep with those who weep. Shame on the Christians who lack compassions like Panina did. Shame on us that we would look at others with contempt rather than compassion. There's also a lesson in here because thus far, like I said, Hannah's not a mother. We should be thankful for all, all godly women, not just the mothers who are here today. I want you to know, ladies, that, that your worth is worth more than the children you bear. You're worth more than the possessions you have. God had a plan and a purpose for Hannah even while she was barren. And he has a purpose for you as well. Thank God for the, God, for the godly men and the godly women who serve and worship despite the trials and tribulations they may be facing even behind closed doors. The great commandment to love our neighbor as ourself. Panina wasn't doing that. She wasn't modeling that. And I would wager her children probably suffered because of it. Second thing I see in what we've read so far is that God's people are not immune. God's people are not immune. Hannah was faithful. I find nothing, absolutely nothing that she was doing wrong. But bad things still happen to God's people. In verse 6, we read it quite plainly that it was the Lord that had closed her womb. Church, we, we take this and you can know this, that you can have the best prayer life. You can attend church on, on a weekly basis, even a daily basis, and bad things will still happen in your life. And we'll never know. Chances on this side of eternity, we'll never know why good things happen to bad people and why bad things happen to good people. But the lesson in here is that we shouldn't question God. He's got a plan in all our trials and tribulations. And we should trust Him and we should do like Hannah was here and just be faithful. The third truth I see from what we've read just thus far. Haven't even got to the prayer yet. But we see that God's people still get depressed. We see it in verses 6. That she was miserable. We see it in verse 7. That she wept and she did not eat. And in verse 10 we see it again. That Hannah was in bitterness of soul. And that she wept in anguish. So listen church. Don't you tell me that Christian people. That God people. Don't sometimes have a hard go of it. And sometimes don't get depressed. It's okay to get sad. It's okay to be depressed. Depression isn't necessarily caused by a demon. Sometimes it's just a normal part of life. Talk to someone about your depression. Take your problems to God. She found relief in taking it to the Lord in prayer. She took it to God in prayer. And now I'm going to read a little bit of this prayer. Let's read verses 10 through 16 this morning. What does Hannah do? She's, she's weeping. She's in anguish. She's getting provoked. And she goes in verse 10 in bitterness of soul. She prays to the Lord, weeping in anguish. She lays it all out. And it says in verse 11, then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli washed her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved. But her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. 
So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, the God of Israel. Grant your petition, which you, may, which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Man, there's power in prayer. It made a difference when Hannah went to the Lord in prayer. Now, I just want to tell you today, that's number four. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Hannah prayed. Hannah's prayer, I think the key to this prayer is just, Lord, remember me. Lord, look down on me. Take it to God in prayer, church. No one knew, I guess maybe Elkanah did, but nobody knew the depths of what Hannah was going through except God Almighty. So she went earnestly. She went intently. She didn't make a spectacle of herself. She prayed in private and somebody else was watching and thought she was drunk. I think of the song, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. Thank God for a praying mama like Hannah. Even though she wasn't a mama at this point, thank God for for the men and women of God that fervently, fervently pray. No, church, I want to tell you, I don't know what... What's going on today in your life? I don't know what's troubling you. I don't know what's tormenting you. But I just want to tell you, I, I encourage you to do, do everything and all things. Go, go see a doctor. Go talk about uh, your problems with the counselor. But don't you neglect the power of prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. He is listening. And He's got an answer. We see in the next few verses that God answers Hannah's prayer. We'll read in verses 19 through, through the end of the chapter. It says this, then they, rose, then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah... And all his house went up to offer the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her. With three bulls, one ephra of flour, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshipped the Lord there. She went and worshipped. And I don't want to. I don't want to stop there. I want to read at least one verse in chapter two, because Hannah 
Hannah didn't stop there. She also continued and she prayed in chapter 2. And I'm just going to read the first verse. You can read it all if you'd like to. But listen to, to Hannah's prayer. She says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My heart is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation or your deliverance, your translations might say. God came through for Hannah and we see this and I want to point a few things that I see. This is number five, that, that God answers, but his timing is not ours. We don't know how much time passed between the prayer of Hannah and the birth of Samuel. You know, it may have been just nine months. God might have came right through right then. Or it may have been nine years. But what I do know this, great was Hannah's, Hannah's faithfulness. She was faithful to God through it all. Church, it's worth waiting on God. Wait on God for your Samuel. What are you waiting on? You may be waiting on a child. You may be waiting on financial peace. You may be waiting on the anxiety uh, to go away. You may be waiting on a spouse. You may be waiting on a job. You may be waiting on a whole host of things, but don't lose your faithfulness while you're waiting. Worship while you're waiting. One thing I've learned reading God's Word, and I've learned watching the lives of others, and I've learned in pastoral ministry, God is faithful to give us ours and His needs, not necessarily our wants. It's always worth the wait. In Hannah's case, both Hannah and, and God needed Samuel. Samuel would go on to be a great uh, prophet and, and, and judge. He's got two books named after him in the Old Testament. God is faithful. We should be as well. And we see that, and this is truth number six, throughout this whole process, through everything Hannah went through, and we know it was years on end because it says right up in the top that it was year after year. Throughout the whole process, she was faithful. Great was Hannah's faithfulness. She still came to the Lord's house year after year being bullied. Church, there's no excuse for not worshiping the Lord. So many of us, we have used every excuse in the world to stay out of God's house on God's day. Yet we won't let the bullies keep us from LSU football. We won't let the bullies keep us from, from the workplace. We won't let the bullies keep our children from going to school. We're going to serve what's important to us. Hannah was faithful through it all. Hannah was faithful even though she was depressed. So many times when things don't go our way, when there's conflict at church, there's conflict at home, when things aren't going our way, we stop our faithfulness to, to God's people, to God's house, and to God Himself. Hannah didn't do that. She was faithful throughout it all. She kept her word to the Lord. After she made the promise, after she said, Lord, he'll be yours all the day of his life, Hannah kept her word and dedicated him to, to him. And you know, it's amazing to me. When you read the Bible, you're going to find over and over again, this Bible is full of people breaking their promises to God. That's literally what the whole Bible is usually about. It's about people making promises and people breaking the promises. But Hannah didn't do that. Thank God for the mamas that keep their word. Hannah was faithful. Hannah, Hannah took every emotion she had to the Lord. She cried and, and she wept. When was the last time that you cried and wept like she did in verse 20? 
She also took her praise and her adoration to the Lord in chapter 2. When was the last time you took your praise and your adoration to God Almighty? Great was Hannah's faithfulness. We get ready to near the end of this. I just want to let you know that whatever you're going through today, whatever you may be dealing with this Mother's Day, or tomorrow, or the day after, the day after that, is that our sovereign God has always got a plan. And you're either working with Him or against Him. It goes right back to the baby dedication service we did this morning. It goes right back to what Jesus said in Matthew 18, that offenses are going to come. My plan is to give them life and to give it to them more abundantly. And the world is going to try to keep that from them. There's going to be stepping stones and there's going to be stumbling blocks. In this world, there's going to be Paninas and there's going to be Hannahs. God's got a plan and we've got to make a decision. Are we going to be a stepping stone or a stumbling block? Are we going to be a, a lady like Panina or are we going to be a lady like Hannah? You know, it's the saddest thing. Panina could have been a hero of faith in this story. She could have saw Hannah and she could have cried with. She could have prayed with Hannah. She could have told Hannah, Hannah, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I know he's in control. Panina could have been a hero. So, are you like her or are you like Hannah? Are you trusting like Hannah trusted? Are you being obedient like Hannah was obedient? Or are you letting excuses keep you from the man or the woman that God has called you to be? Oh church, I want you to know that God's got great plans for you. And His plans for you may be different than Hannah's or His plans for Brother Kevin and Carissa. His plans for you may be to have multiple children. It may be for you to have no children. But He's got great plans for you. It's in your DNA. You were made for so, so, so great a purpose that only God Almighty knows. But it requires trust and it requires acceptance. You know, if I could have a guest speaker this Mother's Day. Sometimes that's what I like to think about whenever I prepare a sermon. You know, the message I want to communicate that I believe God wants to communicate. If I could bring any guest speaker, there's a lot of powerful women in the world. You know, we, we've got a, a, a vice president that's a lady now. Like her lover, she, she is. We, we've had one run for president. We've got a lot of, a lot of powerful women. But you know what? If I could have a Mother's Day guest speaker, I think I would love to get Hannah, Hannah that we read about this morning, to come share a few words with us. What would Hannah say? What would Hannah tell the people of God? I believe she would say, listen, guys, don't worship me. I'm not perfect. But I believe she would say, you keep on serving. You keep on trusting. You think my faithfulness was great. Well, then you look at Christ. Christ was faithful to death on an old rugged cross so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He doesn't owe you anything more than He's already given you. I believe with all my heart. If Hannah was here this morning, she would say, surrender your life to Jesus. He's got a plan that's beyond your comprehension. I believe Hannah would say this morning, don't be afraid to weep. Don't be afraid to cry. Take your burdens to the Lord to be faithful for He is so worth it.
Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope you'll find a way to apply it in your life that you'll be faithful to our Creator throughout all circumstances. I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day, and I hope you'll come visit us at First Baptist Dry Prong. We worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in Dry Prong, Louisiana. Have a great week.